Okay. Today we are honored and blessed to have what I would consider my best friend in the ministry. He's always been there whenever I've needed him. In my darkest hour, he and his wife were there. For a long time. And uh, we are just so honored to have him. He's going to a great church in Tucson, Arizona called Hope Church. And uh, I could go on and on and on about this guy. But would you stand and give Pastor Mark Cargill a big hand as he comes. Check, 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 y'all, all right, oh man, well, hey, we'll jump right into it here, 16 years ago, I showed up at Pastor Doug and Lois's doorstep, and I had a couple of bouquets of flowers for Pastor Lois, as we walked through a difficult season together, and uh, today I want to revisit that moment for just a second and say that I am amazingly proud uh, to be their friend. And uh, it is an honor to be here 15 years later and see what God has done. To see, see God take a moment of weeping and turning it into day, a day of, of dancing and rejoicing. Listen, if you're in a moment of weeping, can I just tell you, God has the power to take it and turn it to a, to a day of dancing for you. And this story that they have can be your story because it's a God story. And it is what God does in our lives. And so today, and just kind of a re- reflection back on that moment, Jimmy, would you help me out here? And uh, I wonder if maybe you would join me because let me just tell you the straight up God honest truth about this journey that you've all enjoyed. If it was not for pastors Doug and Lois, you would not be here. That's just the straight-up truth. Yeah, we know it's God's church. We know it's the work of the Holy Spirit and all that. But a couple of humans had to say yes to what God wanted to do. And they did. Uh, I can't believe they said yes to come back to the place they were at. Uh, I know Pastor Wendell was like, are you sure? And, uh, but they were sure, God was sure, and obviously we look around, it's paid off, God is good, and we want to celebrate. And I would like for maybe you to honor your, what I would, believe, would say is your spiritual mom and dad. And maybe make this a new uh, Mother's and Father's Day. Would you just uh, stand and honor Pastors Doug and Lois today? You know, 15 is a significant number. 
The depth of its meaning and significance really knows no bounds. Take, for instance, the insights from Dr. Kevin Connor, who wrote a significant amount of material and theological background behind numbers in the Bible. His research shows that 1 plus 14 equals 15. Isn't that great? But in further study, he, he amplifies it and says that one is the number for God, the number of beginning, the number of compound unity. Fourteen is the number of Passover. And so this 15th anniversary represents the perfect unity of God and the beginning work of God as he has passed over you and brought life and deliverance to you, representing the fact that you're just getting started. I thought about using number 2 and 13, 2 plus 13, but 2 is the number for double portion and 13 is the number of rebellion and lawlessness, so <laughs> never mind on that. <clears throat> 3 plus 12. 3 is the number of the Godhead, the number of divine completeness and the number of perfect testimony. 12 is the number of divine government and apostolic fullness. And so this 15th anniversary represents the involvement of God in the apostolic leadership of this house and its perfect testimony in this city. Five plus five plus five equals 15. Five is the number of grace, the number of the atonement, the number of life, the number of the cross, the number of the five-fold ministry. Three fives represent a triple anointing of grace and a perfect testimony of grace, which means that if it is only by the grace of God that you made it this far, and his life and his work is why we celebrate these 15 years of, of Harbor City Church. Six plus nine equals 15. Six is the number of man and the number of Satan. Nine is the number of finality, fullness, and fruitfulness. And so this 15th anniversary represents God working through people to reach people in spite of the efforts of the devil to resist you. And you have received fullness and fruitfulness and are bringing finality to the efforts of the evil one to hinder the destiny of this people and, and this church. 10 plus 5 equals 15. Five is the number of grace, as we just, we just learned. Ten is the number of the law, also of order, of government. It's also the number of trial and testing, and also the number of restoration. So this 15th anniversary represents God's grace given to you through trials and testings, and he has worked a work of restoration by his grace, and out of chaos has brought order and life. That's why we're celebrating. Now, finally, end with this. Seven plus eight equals 15. Seven is the number of perfection and completeness. Eight is the number of resurrection and new beginnings. So this 15th anniversary represents a celebration of God bringing to life that which had been dead. A new beginning 15 years ago has continued and it shall continue because he that began a good work in you shall complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs>
And that's my scripture for today. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to pull on four powerful truths out of this passage. One of them is this one. The attitude of faith is necessary for you to realize your dream. Whatever, whoever you are in the room and whatever you're going through, all of us have got these little dreams in our hearts. This church has a dream, and you have to have an attitude of faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The attitude of faith, this is when you say, I'm confident of this very thing. Come on, how many of you believe God, you're just as confident about the next 15 years as what you've seen in the last 15 years, right? The God that brought you this far is the God that's gonna keep on taking you further and further into the things that he has for you in your tomorrow. And everything that you do is a fulfillment of the faith that you have in God and his purpose. I mean, think about it. Hebrews 11 is a list of the hall of faith. And it just goes on to say, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah built. By faith, Joshua went. By faith, by faith, by faith, over and over again. 15 years ago, this church took a huge step of faith. Your pastors took a huge step of faith and launched Harbor City Church. I was here that morning as 400 people gathered into this room, and we just looked with faith for what God could do. And you can be confident in your future. You can be confident in your future. I don't care what your yesterday looked like. Your tomorrow is bright because God is in it. And if, his, if he's in it, you're gonna be, he's going to be able to help you get there and get there well. Get there with success. Get there with the favor of God on your tomorrow. Why? Because he is good and you've got to believe that. No matter how bad your yesterday has been, tomorrow is going to be better because God is there waiting with you. Second powerful truth I see is the celebration truth in this passage. I'm confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work, and it's almost like Paul is just saying, isn't it great what God has done? Let's just take a moment and thank him. Can we thank him for all of the people that were, have been saved in this house? Raise your hand if you have made a commitment or a decision for Jesus in this church. Raise your hand, everybody in this. Look around. Look around. Come on. That's worth dancing about. That's worth celebrating. That's worth a maybe a little volume in the room, a little hallelujah, a little come on, God. We'll take a little bit of that. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you've led us this far. That's it. That's and you want to you know, know what's really kicker about that? You're just getting started. You're just getting started. 15 years in, man, you're just a teenager. <laughs> you ain't got your driver's license yet. Y'all just got your permit. That's it. 
and you're just getting started. I gotta have, I have a prophecy for you. There are more souls to be saved. There are more lives to be healed. There are more people to be delivered. There are more leaders to be trained. There are more churches to be planted. There are more things to be done. And there are more miracles to be seen in this church. You're just getting started. We can celebrate what God has done this far. And let it inspire us to believe for more. Third powerful truth I see in this passage of Scripture is the truth of completion. That he will complete it. He will complete it. I reflect back on creation and just what God did. and Every day he completed it. What did the Lord say? It was good. But then he came to humanity, and he began working this new creation. And after he was done creating humanity, he said, it is very good. The crowning achievement of his creative expression. And in that moment, he completes what he's doing. Can I tell you? God's going to complete what he has started in this house. And you're just in the middle. You're just kind of, in fact, really not even in the middle. You're just getting started. And and I just want to say this. There is a difference between completing steps and fulfilling dreams. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, it says that once he received the dream from heaven, the Bible says he journeyed by stages through the desert. I think that that's a prophetic phrase for for churches and for ministries, that you journey by stages. And everybody in this room is in a stage, some season, some season, some shift, some change. And can I tell you, just as God led Abraham and fulfilled his promise to him, even though he really didn't understand maybe fully what the next stage was, God fulfilled it. He completed it. And one of the things we've got to realize about God's dream for a church is that it is often generational. It'll start with one, and it'll move to another. And, and I believe that where you're at right here is a generational stage, and then the, the baton will be passed, and another stage will begin, and another thing will happen as you go into the next season. I'm privileged to have Pastor Michael and Rashawn here with us today. Uh, I, my father planted uh, Lighthouse Tabernacle in Oak Harbor, Washington in 1975. In 1993, he handed the reins to me, and uh, we took the church into a new season, built a new building, inherited new property, began to have a full, a full, fuller expression of influence in the city. And in 2010, I handed the baton to Pastor Michael. And in 1990, I was praying about saying yes to my dad as he had invited me to be the lead pastor, to the answer to which I told him no three times. <laughs> I've seen your job. I don't want it. 
Finally, the Lord prophetically confirmed it to me. And, and as I'm praying about vision for the future in 1990, the Lord showed me a church of over a thousand people in that city with influence within the city. And today, Pastor Michael has led that church into that inheritance generationally through my dad, through me, unto him and other sons and other people. And the same will happen here. And the same has happened with the Finleys in Salem. And the same is happening all throughout the body of Christ. The same is happening with with you, Ryan, as you've passed on the things that God's done in your life and sown. It's you're going by stages. It's generational and it will last beyond you and God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Finally, the fourth powerful truth is the in-between. Because you have the beginning, and then you have the completion, but what about the in-between? What do you do between the start of a dream and the fulfillment of the dream? And that's where the rubber meets the road, man. The in-between. And that's my message today, the dream and the in-between. I got 10 points here. I got 13 minutes. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the 10 points, and then I'm just going to kind of pick the ones I want to preach hard on. Does that sound good? So here we go. This is all taken from the book of Philippians because that was the, the starting scripture, the passage. He that began a good work in you shall complete it. It's right at the beginning of the book of Philippians. And I believe the rest of the book is Paul writing the story of how you fulfill that dream. How you see he that began a good work in you complete it. What do you got to do? What has to happen? I pulled 10 things out of it. Here we go. Number one, you got to stand fast in unity. You got to stand fast in unity. Number two, serve in humility. Serve in humility. It's not about positions, it's not about titles, it's not about accolades. It's about the dream getting fulfilled. That's what it's about. Number three, resist complaining. Resist complaining. Number four, rejoice always. (laughs) Number five, make knowing God your highest value. Number six, forget the past and let vision lead you. Number seven, Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. (laughs) Number eight, honor God with your thinking. You won't fulfill a dream with stinking thinking. Yeah, just tweet that. Feel free. Number nine, keep on, excuse me, keep an anything is possible mindset. Keep an anything is possible mindset. I can do all things through Christ, as we said. And number 10, let your generosity unlock God's supply. All right? So that's the 10. I'm going to hit on a few. I may prophesy over a few things here in a minute, but let me, uh, let me just dial this in. Stand fast in unity. 
He said, stand fast in one spirit with one mind. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, and being of one accord and of one mind. I just have to say this. It's so critical for us today to recognize and, and understand this. There is a spirit of divisiveness in our culture. You don't need a prophet to tell you that. It just look around, read a headline or two. There's a spirit of divisiveness in our culture. And let me let a prophet tell you this though. Do not let it get in the church. Do not let it get in the church. It has no place here. This is a house of unity. You didn't get this far by fighting with one another and being divisive and arguing and all of that. You got here because there was a vision. You pulled together. You marched together. You fought together. You prayed together. You cried together. You wept together. And it was all together. And the enemy wants to divide. And you cannot let that spirit get into the house of God. While I was on sabbaticals, I, the month of June and July were a sabbatical season for my wife and I. While I was on sabbatical, I had this vision. And there was this great snake, a serpent that had surrounded our building. It was like a, an enormous python that went around our building. And the Spirit of God said to me, there's a spirit of divisiveness that if you don't take authority over it, it will crush the vision of the house and it will steal your momentum and will kill the spirit of life here. You have to take authority over it, cut its head off, and send it back to hell where it came from. I said, amen, I will do that. And I began to do warfare and I began to bind and I began to loose and I began to cut the head off and I began to pray in the spirit. And I said, I visualized that python thing around my church. And I said, you go to hell where you came from. You have no place here. I cut your head off. I don't want any divisiveness in my team, in my staff, in my little young Timothys I'm mentoring. I don't want it in any life group leader. I don't want it in any elder. I don't want it around my church. I don't want it in my zip code. Get out of my city. Get out of my valley. Get out of here. No church let it be affected. No Christian let it affect. Let it be gone in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. I loosed unity and I loosed agreement and I loosed the power of saying yes to what God is doing and yes to what he's, and we're in this together and we're going to build together and God is going to be glorified and the devil's going to be defeated and we're going to do it and experience it all together. Yeah. Unity. Wow. I want to hone in on number three, resist complaining. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Let me say that again. Do all things without complaining or disputing. I'm going to say something. I want you to really pay attention. This is really important. Complaining is the demonic counterfeit to prophecy. Complaining is the demonic counterfeit to prophecy. 
So you could stand and say, I prophesy life in this church. I prophesy the goodness of God. I prophesy success over what God wants to do. But instead, if we slip into complaining, you're just prophesying something negative into the life of your church. You're doing that with your marriage. You're doing that with your kids. You're doing that with your job and your boss. Can I just tell you, stop. And let's start prophesying life and declaring the purpose of God and the hand of God over it. Complaining makes us a part of the problem. So let's be part of the solution. Come on, amen? Come on, you got a good work in front of you. You've got a destiny in front of you. There's a dream that you need to be fulfilling. And we need to be not complaining about the journey, but pursuing the fulfillment of the dream. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say, rejoice. Never lose the ability to have fun in building the church. One of the, my favorite things about your pastor, that's why I, one of the reasons I love him so much, he's one of the funnest human beings I'm, I'm around. We laugh our heads off all when we're around. This last few days, we've just been laughing and laughing. We laugh sometimes. We're crying. Tears running down our faces as we're laughing. And we can even be kind of telling stories on ourselves and, and just, can I, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did Use that illustration. Can you believe that? We're just crying. We're laughing. You need to enjoy the journey. Yeah, there's times of weeping. But weeping will only endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. <laughs> you might be in a night season telling you joy's coming. Joy's coming. Joy's coming. Number five was make knowing God your highest value. I've been in ministry for 36 years, actually longer than that if you count my teenage years and helping my mom and dad in their church. <clears throat> Cheryl and I have been married for 36 years, been in ministry all that time. This last sabbatical season, as I went on sabbatical, I remember putting on some worship music. Hearing the Holy Spirit say to me, I love you, Mark. Hearing Jesus just say, I love you, Mark. I don't care how many people you've prophesied over. I don't care how many sermons you've preached. I don't care how many books you've read. I don't care how many books you've written. I don't care how many sessions you've done with leaders. I don't care how many nations you've traveled to. What really matters is that you know me and I know you. And my heart was restored to the little truth I learned when I was seven years old. Jesus loves me. This I know. This I know. I know. And I spent the next two months, I didn't, I only read the Gospel of John. I read a chapter a day, took my time, sometimes only got through half the chapter. But I just focused on every day, 
spending some time with Jesus and letting him love me and hear him say, Mark, I love you. And me being able to say, Jesus, I love you back. It really is that simple. It really does get down to that. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what it all gets down to. I can, I can lay all these things aside, leaving what I've known, whatever, but that, that I may know him. Hallelujah. Well, I can say more, but I, I just want to spend a few minutes here. I believe your best days are ahead of you. Can I just tell you right now, the things and the struggles that you've been going through are just a momentary and light affliction and a, and a, and a fight that you have just been in. But I'm telling you that the Spirit of the Lord is starting to move on your behalf. There are doors that are yet to be opened. There are things that are yet to be seen. There is inheritance that is yet to be possessed. There are actually, I believe, there are properties and there are lands and there are buildings that have yet to be possessed. And I believe today in the Spirit, God has given you a deed for that which is your inheritance like he did with the Israelites on the River Jordan. Before they had stepped into their inheritance, God had already given given them the land and can I tell you the Holy Spirit is giving you your inheritance there are things that God is opening up to you you don't even see them yet you don't even understand them yet you don't even know them yet but God has given you the quick claim deed to your inheritance and he's saying it is yours would you see it would you believe it would you stand for it would you contend for it would you fight for it would you pray for it would you prophesy for it it. Would you believe for it? And God will open to you a door that no man can shut and he will cause there to be an inheritance break open before you that you would not be able to even comprehend in this moment but in the hour in which it happens the Lord will break forth on your behalf and he will cause the windows of heaven to open and pour out a blessing so great upon you you will not have room enough to contain it and God will give you the keys to the kingdom and the keys to the city and the keys to this county and to this region and he will say I will open up to you the fields of harvest and I will open up to you the heavens over this place for God is causing an open heaven moment to come you have thanked him for the miracles that he's done so far but you have not seen anything yet God is going to do greater, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think according to the power that is in you by Christ Jesus. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper and victory shall be in this house. The inheritance is yours, says the Lord. I just want to give a word of seasons to people. There are people in the room today that are in a new season. 
And you're going into new times and new territories and new things that God is doing. New things God is opening up. There's new seasons in front of you. And I just want to prophesy five words over you today. I believe God's going to unlock blessing. I believe he's going to lose favor. I believe he's going to pour onto you provision. He's going to open the windows of heaven and give you prosperity. And you're going to have success. Five words. Everybody saying with me. Blessing, favor, prosperity, provision, and success. I declare it over your life today. In this new season, you're going to know greater things than you have known before. Some of you are seeing a door close in a former chapter of your life and a new door open. And God is going to walk with you into that door. He is going to be like a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And he will part red seas and he will bring you to mountains smoking with fire. And he will give you revelation. He will give you direction. He will give you creativity. And he will open up before you an inheritance that you would never have believed could have been yours by the power of the Holy Spirit of God and the dream of God and the destiny of God that he has written upon your heart and upon your future. It is yours. Receive it and take it in the name of Jesus. Everybody stand in this place with me today. If you got a dream in your heart that burns, you feel it's from God, just raise, raise your hand. And I want to pray a blessing over you in the name of Jesus. Father, every dream, every destiny represented in this room, those watching online, I prophesy the hand of God on their future. Oh, you called them into this moment and you set them up for success and the favor of God is on them and the destiny of heaven is written on their life. Would you move by your spirit on them and get them ready for this next season because greater things are still to come and greater things have yet to be done in their life, in their future, to the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, give a shout unto God. Hallelujah.